Well, this morning we are beginning a four-week build-up to a great celebration in the midst of October, St. Andrew's 25th anniversary. And it's exciting, y'all, just to be able to see what God has done, what God is doing, and what God has ahead for us. And the weeks ahead, we're, we're going to be looking at different markers or, 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 or kind of memorials, if you will, things that were foundation, foundational when St. Andrew's began that speak to who we are today as well as God's mission for us going forward. When we think about remembering, and this we're going to look at today, what does it look like to remember and what does that do for us? Not just looking back, remembering something. But really, remembering is, is about propelling us forward in light of what we've, we've experienced and seen from the Lord so that we can walk forward with a stronger degree of faith and a stronger degree of surrendered trust before the Lord. So this morning, we're going to look at the 12 stones. They're right here in front of me. This usually is out in the narthex. Some of you have probably seen it before. But these are 12 stones that David Young took out of the creek bed behind his home 25 years ago. He brought them the evening that the core group who formed and founded St. Andrews were meeting that evening. It was a big time of celebration because they were going to be calling their first pastor, T.J. Johnston. And they were excited about that, and they wanted to remember that night because of God's faithful call upon them to plant a new church in this city that would be faithful to the Scriptures, that would be leading in the Great Commission, making disciples around us, and faithful to the great commandment, loving God and loving others. And so that night they gathered and they celebrated. And so these stones that are right in front of me are, are stones of remembrance of God's faithfulness. Well, they're not just any random stones. We just heard in the book of Joshua, in Joshua chapter 4, when Joshua, the, the Israelites had gone through the Jordan River, the river had dried up, and he was, they were commanded to take 12 stones and set them up as a memorial. So today, as we look at this passage, there's two things we're going to highlight looking at this. One is this, the importance of remembering God's faithfulness to us. He is a faithful God. One of the themes you'll hear me say today is He's the same God yesterday, today, and what? Forever, tomorrow. He's the same God. And so as we look at this ancient text, He's the same God who was faithful to His promise then. He's faithful to His promises today. And friends, we can trust that He's going to be faithful ahead, even when, for you and me, it may look kind of cloudy. But for God, it never is. So we're going to first look at the faithfulness of God. Secondly, the mighty power of God. So first, let's dive in here and, and look at the faithfulness of God in this passage. So let me set the context before we, we, we drill into it. The context here is the Israelites had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, waiting to go into this land of promise that God was going to be giving them. And so they finally entered into it. But you've got to kind of hear the backstory before, because the promise was given hundreds of years before, when God called a man, no one knew, a man named Abram, later changed his name to Abraham. God called him and gave him a promise that he would have children. He was 70-something at that time and was much older when he actually had kids. And so through his descendants, God had promised that they would have a land, a rich land that would be theirs, a land where they would experience 
the, the very real presence of God in profound ways. And so hundreds of years later, right, generations later, they finally enter into this land. And as they enter into this land, they're called to pull out 12 stones, 12 men, representing each of the tribes of Israel to get 12 stones. And they weren't little like this. They were rather large because it said, put them on your shoulders. So they're kind of like boulders that they put on their shoulders and that they were called to set up as a memorial to commemorate this mighty event of God's faithfulness to his people. So here's what we read again in Joshua 4, verse 7. Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off from before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. It's important to remember things, isn't it? What's interesting here is this word, as he says, this whole idea of, of setting aside or setting up a memorial, it's more than just setting these 12 stones up as something just to remember what God had done. When we think about remembering things, we often think of just remembering the facts, right? I remember the facts of what happened on this day. Well, the Hebrew word here for memorial is so much richer, so much deeper, that it has this connotation, not just remembering, but remembering to the, to the degree that we see God's work, we're reminded of His work, and in that our hearts are stirred within us to walk forward with a greater obedience and faith. You see that? That's the context of what's going on here. So it's not to just say, hey, we just want those who, when you walk by, to remember them. No. It's to see the stones, to walk by, have our hearts stirred of God's incredible faithfulness to His promises, and then to walk out in a greater degree of faith than we did before. So what does this practically look like? We see it here in this text. When Joshua told these men to set up the stones, they set them up in the town where they camped that night, which was named Gilgal. Now, that probably means nothing to you, but it was a very important city, especially in this context, because it was Gilgal that Joshua, who was the commander of the Lord's army, would come back to over and over again after a battle was fought. You see, the Israelites had to conquer the land, and so they would have a battle. Joshua would come back to Gilgal, get ready for the next battle, and then go out with the folks to fight. So what do you think he saw every time he came back to Gilgal? He saw the 12 stones of remembrance. They meant something to him. Because can you only imagine in the countless battles that they, that they fought out there, when you're fighting a battle, you're like, oh, are we going to win? What's going to happen here? You know, we may have gotten this victory, but there's another one. Are we going to win this next battle? And so Joshua, who was leading the team, would come back, see the stones, his heart stirred, within him, knowing God is faithful, and he would go out and lead them into victory. Why? Because he knew what God promised, and he knew that God was always faithful to his promises. How true this is for you and me today, isn't it? While most of us aren't going out there and facing battles, some do though, literal battles out there, we all have battles in our lives. Some are raging pretty intensely, And others, maybe not so much. But friends, if we don't have memorials that we go back to that remind us of God's faithfulness, guess what's going to happen? We're going to forget. We're going to forget that, that, that one, God is faithful, 
to his promises. We're going to forget that God is even with us, and we're going to do like I find myself so often doing, taking matters in my own hands. And you know what happens when we take matters in our own hands? (laughs) It may work well for a while, but I know enough when I've done that, it doesn't work well on the long haul. And so we'll find ourselves, if we don't remember God's faithfulness, taking matters into our own hands, we'll also find that we become fearful, that those giants, those things that are before us, that we long to see God break in and break through, become fearful, will it ever happen? God, will you ever do that? Or we'll become skeptical, right? How many of you become skeptical? Things, challenges before you, maybe family issues, who knows what, and just got, God's not going to do anything. I haven't really seen him move, right? But friends, what the call of this text is, is to come back and remember God's faithfulness to the degree that our hearts are stirred within us, that we go out in action with a deeper degree of faith. One of the most important verses that we can look back on is this, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's who our God is. He's the same One of my favorite passages in the Old Testament is in Jeremiah 29, verses 10 and 11. The context here is the Israelites have been taken into captivity. They've been sent into exile into Babylon. And here's what we read. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Do you hear that promise that God made his people? I'm going to bring you back. Yeah, you're going to be gone 70 years, but I'm going to bring you back. And God did that. But I love what he wrote, what we see next. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil. I wonder if you believe that this morning. Do you believe that the Lord knows you and your circumstances so intimately that he knows the plans that he has for you? Do you believe that they are plans for for your welfare and not for evil? I know that some of you might shake your head yes, and then some might silently just kind of go, no, I I, I believe God, but this is challenging what's before me. And God, are you really going to be there? Because it's been hard for a long time. It's hard for me to see that you're working this out for good. Friends, sometimes it can be hard to see that. But we've got to come back to what's true, right? Not our perception, but what does the Scripture tell us? That God is the same, that He is always faithful to His promises. And one of the great promises we see throughout the Scriptures, and then highlighted in in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, are these words, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to hear whatever's on your plate, whatever that thing is or those things are, they're going, Lord, I didn't expect this challenge. I want you to know this, that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I want to ask you this, what obstacles are before you right now? What obstacles are before you right now? I would say that most of us probably have them. Some of you might say, no, I really don't. Well, you never know what's going to come knocking on your door tomorrow. (laughs) And I don't mean to be a pessimist, I'm real, I'm a realist. Uh, It may not be tomorrow, it might be in a year. But things happen this side of heaven because we live in a fallen, broken world. 
what obstacles are before you? How are you going to remember God's faithfulness in those moments? Let me give you some simple application to lean into this. I'd encourage you to get either family members or a friend, whoever that you trust, kind of in a circle of yours, to get together and say, let me tell you what's going on in my life right now. I need your prayers. I need your encouragement. And then help them. Let them help you remember God's faithfulness in the past. Can you remember times years ago where you saw God meet you at a place that you never thought you would get through? He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You see, we need one another. We need people to remind us of what is true and God's faithfulness. Recount the stories, right? And see how that strengthens your faith. That in your understanding of God's love for you, you're able to actually walk out that next day or walk out of that moment with a stronger degree of faith than you did before because you're reminding yourself of God's faithfulness. I think I've shared this before. Um, one of the things that we did in seminary is we, we had this box that we had, this, this brown wooden box that we had gotten for our wedding. We didn't really know what to do with it, so we kind of put it in our hallway. Well, over the years when we were in seminary, that box became a memorial place, things that we would put in it as we saw God's faithfulness. <laughs> the, the time that I had uh, gotten this baby crib for Anne Claire, because we were poor seminarians, and I was like handed down three or four times, right? The time that she had her arms on the rail, the rail breaks, she falls out, falls her head on the hardwood floor. We need a new baby crib. She was okay. But, but to see, yeah, I'm thinking about the baby crib. Y'all are probably thinking, well, is she okay? She's okay. A little bit. Um, but I'll never forget the check we received in the mail from my brother. He'd never sent us anything before. And I got the, we got this check, and it was the exact amount of a baby crib that we had wanted in the first place. But that became part of our memorial, right? Or the, the time when Kimberly's dad was dying in the hospital, and we're like, how are we going to get to Houston? And I say out of the blue, providentially, God had somebody call and say, hey, we've got, we've got passes on Southwest Airlines. Do you want them for something? And we're like, yeah, that went in that box. And so over the years, we were able to look back when we were in challenging times to go, God was faithful then. He's the same God. He's going to be faithful tomorrow as well. So for some of you, maybe it is in your family that you build some type of memorial. Not to worship, okay? These aren't to be worshipped, but they're to be reminders of God's faithfulness to us over the years. So friends, that's the importance of first, remembering God's faithfulness. Because we're facing challenging things ahead. But we need to remember, we've got a faithful God who goes before us. Amen? That's the first one. The second one is looking at the mighty power of God. Listen again to verses 21 to 24 in Joshua chapter 4. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know, and here's the point, all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. I wonder how many of you believe that the Lord, the hand of the Lord is mighty. Maybe you can look in the Scripture and go, yeah, it was mighty back then. 
But I wonder, do you see the hand of the Lord being mighty in your midst today? Because He is. But let me take you back here for a moment and show you what He did. In Joshua 3, we read that the, the Jordan River was at flood stage, okay? Now, if you've ever been to Israel and you've been to the Jordan River, the site where they likely cross, which is kind of across from Jericho, you'll see that the Jordan River, I don't know, it's not very far. You could toss a football easily across, even if you can't really throw. You can make it across. It looks very different today than it did back then. You see, back then, in the context here is it was at flood stage. And I love that God was doing this miracle. And of course, it's at flood stage. But there's a town north of there named Adam. And that's where the waters began to be piled up. So that when the Israelites, some two million plus of them, were going to walk through the Jordan at flood stage, the, bed, the riverbed was dry and they all crossed over. I want you to just let that sit for a minute, the impact of that, how mighty God is. His hand stopped the waters from flowing, being faithful to His promise so His people could walk across on dry ground. Friends, I want you to see the hand of the Lord is mighty. It's who He is. Our God can do anything. Nothing is beyond His power. Do you believe that? It's easy to look back and go, that's what you did then, but are you still doing it today? Just sit back. I want to just give you a few moments in the Scriptures where you see God's mighty hand. Then I'm going to bring it in what He's doing among us today. But remember when He parted the Red Sea? Friends, I want you to see God can do anything. His mighty hand is that powerful. God provided for the Israelites when they wandered in the wilderness for 40 days. They never lacked food even for one day. He provided manna. He knew exactly what they needed, and He gave them just enough. I want you to see the mighty hand of the Lord is powerful, and God can do anything. We read throughout the Old Testament story after story of the power of God, but, but then you jump into the New Testament, and it opens with this beautiful scene of this woman, Mary, who's engaged to be married. She was a virgin, and, and, and she is greeted by an angel with these incredible words of, you're going, to be, you're going to be with child, and it's not just going to be any child, it's going to be the Son of God. Now, you want to talk about the mighty hand of God in that moment. Right after that, we read this, for nothing will be impossible with God. Again, do you believe that? Think about where you are. Think about what's going on in your world right now, in your sphere Nothing will be impossible with God. Friends, look, God became man and dwelt among us. Nothing is going to be impossible with God. And Jesus, who became man and dwelt among us, went to the cross and He bore our sins. He took on all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt. He bore it on His body on the cross. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen? And not only did he bear our sin, but what he gave in exchange is the most profound gift we could ever receive. As he took on our unrighteousness, he gave us his holiness. He gave us his righteousness. So that by the mighty hand of God, as, his, as Jesus was, was laid bare on the cross dying for you and me, the mighty hand of God makes us a new creation in Christ. Amen? 
That's how powerful our God is. Our God is working among us. He is moving among us, doing things that so often we fail to believe He's really doing. What I want you to hear this morning is nothing is beyond God's power. Again, whatever's before you, whatever might come before you Monday or next year, I want you to remember this. Nothing is beyond God's power. Let me ask this question again. I asked it a moment ago. I wonder, do you have a vision that God is still that powerful today? Do you have a vision in your life for that? Do you have a vision in, in, in what you believe He can do in our midst? I think sometimes we live our lives here and we're, we're so in our own little world or zone that we just don't really see the hand of God moving very much. But can I tell you, He is because He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I'm reading a book that I'd commend to anyone if you want to read it. It's called Miracles by a guy named Craig Keener, wonderful theologian. And he, and he chronicles these miracles. He's got two volumes of it, miracles that are happening today here in the United States and all over the world. And you begin to see this, and you begin to go, wait a minute, God is moving. Let me tell you what that's done to me as I've been reading this book. Some of the challenges that I'm facing, some of those things that I'm like, Lord, would you really do this? This is really tough. It is increasing my faith and the presence and power of God to see you are moving and you can move in this area. You see? So friends, what I want you to see this morning is the hand of the Lord is mighty. He can bring your wandering sons and daughters back to faith. The hand of the Lord is mighty. The Lord can reconcile and even restore broken relationships that you have. Relationships with family or friends that you go, Lord, could that really happen? The hand of the Lord is mighty, right? He can do it. We don't always see that happen this side of heaven. That doesn't mean the hand of the Lord's not mighty, right? We don't always understand the ways of the Lord. But I know that He's mighty and I know that He's good. Whatever is before you, whatever shame and guilt you brought in this morning that no one knows about, I want you to know the hand of the Lord is mighty to forgive. That grace abounds with Him. And it's time for you to see that and be free. Amen? No more chains around here. So let me wrap this up. There's a lot of things happening in our world today, a lot of things that we're going to see happen ahead. As I said in the first verse, I think we're living in some of the most exciting times in this world. Some of you might go, they're the most terrifying times but it all depends how we see it. I think they're exciting because, you know why? Because the mighty hand of the Lord is among us. The Lord is among us redeeming, restoring, reuniting, doing things that, y'all, if we really leaned into, we would see him do it because that's what he's doing today. So I want you to remember God's faithfulness. He is faithful to his promises. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will give you the staying power even if we don't see this side of heaven, things turn out the way we might want it to be. He's still faithful, right? We read it in the psalm, be still and know the Lord is God. Come into his presence and be still. And then finally we see, remember his mighty hand. What I want you to see as you come forward in just a few moments to communion, we do this every Sunday and how I pray that it would never become rote or routine for any of us. 
because we are coming before the very presence of the holiness of our God who has come and said, you are forgiven. You come and dine at my table, right? And we come before and we dine with him this morning. And when you take the bread and take the wine, you can know for sure that you are covered in his grace, that nothing you can do can separate you from the love of God in Christ if you're a follower of Jesus. And it's to come not just remembering what he's done, but being filled afresh with his Holy Spirit in that moment. That trusting something spiritual is happening, God, you are, you are lighting a new fire, new strength, new hope in us, so that as we go out, we are people of stronger faith today because we have dined with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? There's no meal greater than that. So come, be refreshed, be strengthened, be renewed in the rich grace of the faithfulness of God and how He is working His mighty power in you and through you for His glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for this powerful passage that we can not just remember, but Lord, know you are doing this work among us today. So thank you for the faithfulness of those men and women 25 years ago that had a vision to plant this church. And then thank you for the faithful calling that you have given us that as we walk out these doors today, we've got a vision and a mission to see your mighty hand in our midst. So come Holy Spirit, use us and show us what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen.